Please stand if you're able for the reading of God's word. The passage I'll be reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is God's word. So what do you want for Christmas? What's on your Christmas list? You know, all of us have waited in great anticipation for Christmas morning over the years. Of course, some of us can't even wait. We search the house, the attic, the basement, the closets, every nook and cranny to see what we might be getting. And of course, we've all felt the excitement of ripping through that wrapping paper to see if we finally got the prize we we're looking for. We're not the only ones who look forward to Christmas morning. We're not the only ones who had a Christmas wish list. The angels in heaven longingly anticipated the first Christmas. And there they got their Christmas wish list filled. Let's pray. Our Father, draw us into the heavenlies today. and Give us that divine perspective of that Christmas day. Draw us in to the desires of the angels that we too might have those same desires for they reflect yours. Amen. So we, we seldom or ever think about what uh, the angels might want, but Christmas Eve's a good time to think about it. The angels are an integral part of that Christmas story. The Old Testament ended with the book of Malachi. That was God's final word for century after century after century until an angel appeared to John the Baptist's father, Zechariah. And he told Zechariah that his son would prepare the way for the Christ. And then the angel Gabriel shows up, shows himself to Mary, and he informs her that she is going to give birth to Jesus. And an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and informs him that Mary is going to give birth to the Christ. Angels are a part of the story. We, we notice them particularly as they appear to the angels and deliver that glorious message of Christmas to shepherds. The Bible tells us 
that the angels longed to look into God's plan to rescue humanity. We read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, and this is a paraphrase, the prophets who predicted the good news about God's salvation wondered about who would fulfill their prophecies and the time it would occur. And then they discovered that this person would not come during their lifetimes, but would come later. And of course, he came during Peter's lifetime. And at the end, Peter adds, these are things into which the angels long to look. The angel longed to see God and how he would rescue us from our fallen condition and restore the world. They greatly desired to see how God would fulfill his prophecies to save humanity through the Messiah who would suffer and then be glorified. But why are they so intent on seeing this plan unfold? It, it didn't accomplish anything for them. Jesus came to reconcile humanity to God, not angels to God. Now, they might have been curious to see, how is God exactly going to do this? But we see by the joy that they have that it's much more than curiosity. Luke's story gives us insight into what the angels longed to for the earth to experience. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The angels cry out, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. These words give us the two greatest desires of the hearts of the angels. The angels wanted God to be glorified more than anything else. You see, when you love somebody, you want what's best for them more than you want what's best for, for you. You want them to be honored rather than yourself. You look out for their welfare more than you look out for your own welfare. And the angels loved God. They were enamored with him. They had seen his glory. They beheld his beauty, his majesty, his grandeur. And they want everyone to see God in the same way that they see him. We have a few glimpses in the scriptures of the angel's experience with the glory of God. One is in Isaiah chapter 6, and I read, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim, angelic beings, stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy! is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's what the angels want us to see, the glory that fills the earth. John offers us another picture in his book of Revelation. He speaks of angelic creatures who do not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. 
And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, and then 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they will worship him who lives forever and ever, and they will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. When any being, angelic or human, stands in the presence of God and sees the glory of God, they cannot help but worship him. The angels want us to experience that glory of God. On that first Christmas day, they knew that God's glory would be shown in a greater way than it had ever been through the birth of this child. Because this child was more than the Messiah. We read in chapter 2 of Luke, verses 8 through 11, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, great joy, which will be for all the people. For all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice first, the angel brought good news of great joy. He brought good news that we'd say, that's great, that's what we want to hear, good news. But it wasn't just any good news, it was good news with joy. But it wasn't just a regular joy, it's great joy. They're caught up in the wonder of what is taking place as the Christ child is born. It's good news of great joy. The angels palpably felt that joy as they shared the good news. Because the angels are emotionally caught up in this message, as we all should be and hopefully are this very evening. Because this child is the Savior who's Christ the Lord. The Christ is the Greek expression for the Messiah. This is the long-awaited King of Kings that the Jewish people had waited for for centuries who would make all things right. But he's more than a King of Kings. He came to be Savior, to save us from our own brokenness. And amazingly, this Savior is the Lord. God himself has come down. You know, the Old Testament predicted that the Messiah would come as Savior to restore us to God. Unfortunately, most of them missed the most significant gift that the Messiah would bring, and that is salvation. God himself, God the Father, sent God the Son 
to be our Savior and to rescue us. Now, the angels regularly experienced the glory of God, and that's what moved them to love Him and to worship Him. But the revelation of the extent to which God would go to rescue us shows us a greater glory than even what the angels saw in God's presence. Because in Jesus' incarnation, his glory is veiled in humility. Now we all recognize that a person we admire and glorify becomes greater in our eyes if that person is also humble. Because we see character, not just accomplishments. And that is true of God himself. As great as he is in his glory, to understand and realize that he humbled himself, not only to become human, but to become a child, shows greater glory. And then, to realize what he would go through, what he would sacrifice, shows us the magnitude of love that even the angels could not have imagined. They saw the glory of God and they want us to behold it because that glory comes together in the incarnation and the sacrifice of Jesus Charles Spurgeon, a well-known preacher of the 19th century, captured how this event glorified God. He said, See how every attribute of God is here magnified. Look, what wisdom is here. God becomes man that man may be just and the justifier of the ungodly. Look, what power. For where is power so great as when it conceals power? What power that a member of the Godhead, God himself, should unrobe himself and become a man? Look what love is revealed to us when Jesus becomes a man. See what faithfulness. How many promises are kept on this glorious day? How many solemn commitments are fulfilled at this very moment? Tell me one attribute of God that is not manifest in Jesus and your ignorance will be the reason why you've not seen it. The whole of God is glorified in Christ and though some part of the name of God is written throughout the universe, it is best read here in him who was the son of man and yet the son of God. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Peace on earth is what we long for. But why would the angels long for peace on earth when they live in heaven? It's because they love God so much. They honor him so much that God's heart desires becomes their heart's desire. God so loves the world that the angels so love the world. They want what's best for us as well. If you asked everyone the question, if you could have one wish, what would it be? The majority of people would probably say, peace on earth. The cessation of wars. 
The peace that Jesus offers is greater than that. Because the peace that he offers is what the Jewish people call shalom. Shalom is the way things ought to be. All of us live in a world that we know it should not be like it is. It's too much hatred, too much injustice. Shalom is the way it ought to be. It's the webbing together of God, humans, and creation in justice, fulfillment, and joy. I mean, we get a sense of shalom in the song uh, Amy Grant sings, as well as some others. A grown-up Christmas list goes like this. No more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. Time would heal all hearts. Everyone would have a friend. The right would always win. And love would never end. That's my grown-up Christmas list. That's shalom. Peace. The angels understand what many of us feel. Our world is broken, and we are broken people. Because we've either rejected God or simply dismiss him as irrelevant. Once our relationship with God fell apart, our relationship with others suffered, and even our relationship with ourselves is broken. None of We search to find our true selves, and none of us lives up to what God created, who God created us to be, his very image. Our sense of self is twisted as we alternate between hiding from the truth through our defense mechanisms, and on the other hand, we see ourselves as better than everybody else. We were created for a paradise in which we would thrive, have purpose, fulfillment, love, value, justice, goodness, and joy. Jesus comes to bring all of these into our lives and to eventually restore the world to what it was meant to be. He'll one day make everything right, but even now, he offers us a peace that the world doesn't understand. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with one another as we are drawn to love them as God loves them. In the first century, a pagan philosopher named Epictetus said this, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he's unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even outward peace. An emperor cannot bring us this peace, but Jesus Christ has brought this peace to many believing hearts. The angels proclaimed this child would bring this peace. They're able to proclaim this because this child is our Savior. 
He bore the judgment that our sins deserve. And it's because he paid the price that we owed God that we can have this peace. He'll ultimately make everything right. He'll make this world the paradise it was meant to be. And today, he can bring that peace to every heart. We should be exceedingly joyful, just as the angels are, at seeing their beloved God come to earth as a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. To him be the glory, today and forever. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. And I pray that he will be a salve to each of us no matter where we are emotionally tonight, that he is a joy, but also he is a comforter. He is a guide. He can empathize with us and lead us. He is Savior, friend, and Lord. May we Honor him. Give him the glory that he deserves. Amen.